Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Today, we're going to talk about something that has been coming up a lot during these, our quarantine times, yeah. which is extroversion versus introversion, extroverts versus introverts. And I'm sure we've all seen the memes and jokes about being told to stay in for quarantine is an introvert's dream, apart from the unending anxiety of a pandemic. Right. Um, and about how introverts have been preparing for this their whole lives. Ha ha, extroverts, look at you panicking <laughs> about having to stay in. And these are definitely oversimplifications. Most of us need a healthy dose of downtime and socializing. But we thought we would unpack some of this and especially how it pertains to women. So how would you classify yourself, Samantha? Yeah, honestly, I originally, I would have said an introvert completely because I am absolutely that person who gets zapped very quickly in a crowd of people. And even before coming in, I automatically panic if there's more than five. So, but after uh, this research, I, I think feel like it changed with my age as well as with what's happening <laughs> right now. Not that my personality's changed, but even like my understanding of my personality's kind of changed. What about you? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have to say, one, I feel very judged doing this research. <laughs> Thank you. I. I'm definitely an extrovert. Every I've taken the personality test and everyone I get like, oh yeah, by a lot. Which I honestly I kind of surprises even me because I do a lot of things that are typical introvert traits, like when it comes to decision making, and we'll get more into this um, later. I am so much an introvert. And you know, you know I love to read and like research and stay in, and I'm actually fine being alone. I live alone. Um, it's just that I would go out all the time. But right. there are certainly qualities that I thought, like shyness, and shyness is very often misunderstood to be synonymous with introvert. And I'm actually really shy, but that it turns out doing this research really doesn't have anything to do with being an introvert or an extrovert. Right. Uh, I feel like I am definitely an INFP. That has mm -hmm. always been my thing. And so being an introvert through and through, I have never really questioned all of that. But, uh, you know, as you talked about being judged right now with the research, there was definitely like, I feel a little more empowered <laughs> with my communication yeah. skills right now. Yeah. It's really funny because um, I remember so clearly one day I was driving, I was carpooling with a bunch of our coworkers for, we um, do this big volunteer day every year. And I was carpooling and it was early in the morning. I was just like, you know, bubbly talking because it was silent. And I was trying to, you know, <laughs> have some kind of conversation. And uh, my friend, he, there was like a pause and he said, so uh, you're a morning person, right? And I was like, oh, so maybe nobody actually wants to talk and I'm just annoying everyone. <laughs> and I had a moment doing this of like, realizing how many times I thought I was, I don't want to say helping out, but I was like, silence is something that I always try to fill. Mm -hmm. And perhaps somebody just wanted silence. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, to be fair, I think it's not just morning person is being an extrovert. Right. I'm no, a no. grumpy. I'm a grumpy ass morning person. <laughs> and yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to do with my introvertedness. It's absolutely to do with the fact that I'm always tired, as well as the fact in the morning, I'm like, why? Why do things happen? What is happening? What is this day? So, you know, I think that's just a whole different level anyway. But yeah, it definitely has those connotations of who's too talkative, who isn't talkative enough, and what does that yeah. mean? So actually, let's talk about the what, shall we? Yeah. So basically, an introvert is someone who gets their energy from being alone, and an extrovert gets their energy from other people and external stimulations based on the way their brain is wired. And that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Are introverts more introspective? Not necessarily. Are they shy? Not necessarily. Right. And some researchers put these ideas more on a spectrum. So you're not one or the other. Those are outliers, but somewhere in between. Other research suggests that extroverts are more driven by reward value, which influences social behavior. So I think it's a dopamine release, and a lot of these reward values, we can get them in social situations. So it kind of pushes for more social interaction. Meanwhile, one proposed model on introverts breaks introversion into four types, social, thinking, restrained, and anxious. And most people, according to this model, um, are a mixture of those things if they're an introvert. Right. So our modern understanding of these concepts go back to the 1920s and Carl Jung, which I'm sure most of you heard of. Jung also described a third group, which he believed to be the largest, and that were sort of a mixture. Nowadays, we call that group ambiverts, and they have qualities of both introverts and extroverts. And though some think ambiverts are just introverts who learn how to behave like extroverts, which we'll talk a little bit about later on. Um, scientists believe these differences have to do with how our brains get aroused, that introverts process information more quickly and need less stimuli. A 1964 study with lemon juice found that introverts salivated more with just a few drops of the juice compared to the extroverts. The scientists concluded that this meant introverts needed less stimuli for their brains to get aroused, and extroverts needed more stimuli to reach that same level. Since we can only process so much at once, introverts turn inward to avoid feeling overwhelmed. There have been so many studies and research into this. I love that lemon study. I'd never heard of that. Right, that's a good one, I think. <laughs> yeah. So many books have been written. These ideas have been incorporated into, yes, the Myers-Briggs and the Big Five personality test. Psychologists have argued about how they fit into fixed mindsets, which is kind of this, you are who you are and that's it, and growth mindsets, and that's the belief that you can cultivate new behaviors in yourself with time and effort. So fixed mindset is sometimes also called self-as-a-story mindset, and these are associated with lower self-esteem and self-awareness. So if you're coming from a fixed mindset and you tell yourself, I'm an introvert, then you might become even more introverted than you actually are. This is actually one of the number one reasons I love traveling alone because I feel like you can break out of those kinds of stories that people have made about you and that you have cultivated for yourself. Psychologists have also argued that maybe personalities are situational, meaning we change and adapt much more than we think if they exist at all. And I read Whoa. so many articles about it and it was fascinating. I've never even thought about it in the way people were discussing it. It was oh, so cool. So depending on the sorts, it's either an even split when it comes to percentages of the population or about 25% introverts, 
or the population is about half to two-thirds ambiverns. So the numbers vary a lot. Yes. Yes. Um, and a 2018 survey conducted by Evite found that 55% of introverts felt anxiety after getting an invite to something, compared to 18% of extroverts. So 74% of extroverts felt excited by the invitation, compared to 44% of the introverts. And introverts were twice as likely to turn down an invite, and introverts were twice as likely to hang out with someone they know. But there were a few things we can agree on. Two-thirds of all respondents admitted they won't go to a party without an exit plan. I think that's a great idea, personally. (laughs) And both groups were also likely to avoid bridal showers and any events with babies or children. And yes, yes, I am definitely one of those people. And I will say, it's according to the event and how many people I know, but I am absolutely that person that waits to see who is going to that party or event first. So I will go click through every single person and who they are and who's coming with them. So Mm. for me, I will wait till the last possible minute to give you a response, which probably infuriates many a people. But (laughs) I just, I have to prepare. So I'm assuming, Annie, are you an automatic yes person? Pretty much, like, I guess the biggest thing actually is how far do I have to drive? Um, (laughs) That's fair. But yeah, like, if you invite me to something, I will probably come. And I even have, it's sort of a a FOMO thing where I used to feel like, well, what's going to happen if I stay in? But what could happen if I go out? But I've had to (laughs) anti-proof some events because I'm like, I don't know this person well enough to be, as you know, Samantha, I'm frequently the last person to leave. So yes, I, love I have to like set an alarm on my phone like, okay, you should go now. <laughs> and you and I are close enough. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to sleep now. Yeah, so. you'll just kick me out, which is great. I, I, no, usually I'm like, you can stay. You can stay as long as you want, but I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> right. Which is what I need because otherwise I will stay. Um, so yeah, I do, like, I do take a, a kind of survey of what kind of party it, I think it's going to be. Like how many people do I know? But I'll probably be there if you invited me, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Another survey found that extroverts have more sex than introverts. But it was self-reported, so should be taken with a grain of salt. Some research also suggests that extroverts are happier, and there are a lot of theories as to why that might be from the world being set up for and more accepting of extroverts, the whole cultural personality thing. We're going to get into this more, but yeah, in a lot of ways... Um, our culture and uh, like even work is set up for extroverts. And if you're trying to fit into that, that can lead to a lot of like feelings of failure. Um, and there's also science that found simply acting happier, like smiling makes us happier, doing those kinds of things. And if you're an extrovert, you're probably doing that more often. So maybe it's that. Um, I feel like happiness is a hard thing to quantify. But Right. And I think the, the phrase fake it till you make it is definitely a part of that as well. So there's been a lot of the studies into sex and age differences in extroversion and introversion, which is very fascinating in itself. And many of them show that introversion is more common among women and that levels of introversion go up with age, which I could say I have more confidence in being at home and staying at home and not just being introverted. So it's more of I'm able to say no now and I'm able to be like, nah, I'm tired and not feel ashamed of I'm tired of people. (laughs) So I feel like, yes, that could be the age thing, but it could be just the, I'm more inset into my personality and more confident in saying no. 
Yeah. Um, but again, this is the whole back to introverts trying to keep up with extroverts as well. I think at a younger age, and or just in general, you want to try to again act as if you're personable and you have this dread of not being friendly enough, outgoing enough. So part of that is pretending mm-hmm. to want to be at these places. So when you get <laughs> older, you just don't care anymore. Mm. <laughs> That's where I feel like I'm at. I'm like, yeah, I'm aging nicely to be able to say, hell nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I Fridays, so. yeah. And Fridays to me is no longer a let's hang and party. It's the soft pants and bench watching alone party. And I look forward to it. Well, of course, now in, that we're in this quarantine life, it's a little different. But mm. before, it was absolutely like, yeah, this is this is what I want. This is what I look forward to. It is funny. Um, I'm glad you brought this up because I, when I was trying to think of my own motivations for things, it's really hard to separate out like what is your brain chemistry and then what is something that's just like, like for me, I know I've talked about it before, but when I get anxious, I plan. Mm-hmm. And it's a way of like not thinking about whatever it is I'm anxious about. And so people used to ask me like, were you drunk when you invited me to that thing? I'm like, nope, I was probably panicking. (laughs) And I was just trying not to, like I had to keep my schedule so busy. And it's hard to say if that's extroversion or like some weird PTSD thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's just so many factors. Right. And it's hard to separate it out. And, And finding out like that women are more introverted, like there's a higher percentage of women, I feel like introversion is more accepted among men when you think about like the strong and silent type or the stoic type or um, the sitcom husband who reads the paper while his wife just talks away and he just wants to be left alone. Whereas introverted women are often labeled as depressed or a spinster. Although I will say, I was thinking like Les Lemon from 30 Rock did a lot uh, (laughs) for the whole just staying in and eating your night cheese or whatever it is. And and that got me to thinking, are women conditioned to perform more traits associated with right. extroversion? And when I think about myself, there are definitely some behaviors that I can't say for sure the force, the motivating force behind them. And I think right. as a woman, I do feel a lot of pressure to like make people happy and to, if you invite me to a thing, I'm going to show up and I'm going to make sure it's a fun time. And I do think some of that is societal conditioning. So it's hard to say for sure. Right. Human beings are complicated. Well, I mean, I think that also plays into the societal idea of women being hosts and hostesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there, I definitely remember in college, people loved when I would take in charge of a party and trying to plan things and organize things and make sure everybody's happy, all of these, which, by the way, makes me panic, makes me have an anxiety attack. I yeah. actually hate it. I hate large gatherings that I'm in charge of because yeah. the entire time I'm so unhappy and trying to figure out if this person is unhappy, how do I make this better? Oh, my God, this person's not talking. They're having, you know, all of these levels. But I think that's part of the being the perfect, quote-unquote, woman of the mm-hmm. house, whether it's you're a mother and, and you're hosting a party or you're someone's wife and you're hosting a benefit for them. You know, you see it, we've talked about it before, in the political roles when wives of candidates are shown as being the perfect, pristine people who are friendly, outgoing, all of these, and bubbly. And what yeah. does that look like? It's automatically attuned with extroversion. Right. And then on the flip side of that, and I know we're going to discuss this more in a bit, but a lot of times women are expected to be quiet. Right. And that is associated with introversion. So it makes me wonder these numbers, how, how accurate they 
are and how, how can we separate that out, all these societal forces. But, all right, let's get into extroversion and extroverts. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Thank you, sponsor. So according to positivepsychology.com, extroverts are recharged by socializing and make decisions quickly, speak more, are outgoing, are easily distracted, action-oriented, gregarious and expressive, great communicators, and enjoy being at the center of attention. Now, as we said, not all extroverts are the same, and not all will exhibit all of these things. Essentially, it just means what we said at the top, your your energy is coming from external stimuli. Right. So terms associated with extroverts, chatty Cathy or a social butterfly, flirty birdie, which by the way, this is a, that's a new one to me. Just so you know. Oh, I used to get called flirty birdie all the time. (laughs) Why? That just, oh my, okay. We'll go back. We'll go. Uh, Because it's just so nonsensical of a term. Okay. Keep it on. People person. That I have heard. Uh, Charming, witty, endearing. And while these are generally viewed as good things, they're frequently used to demean women or minimize them. Surprise, surprise. And things along the lines of airhead, ditzy, the joke, that you can't get women to stop talking. All of those ridiculous narratives. But it also can go hand in hand with not so great things like she's easy. Of yeah, course. I feel like if you were having to put this in the dichotomy of the Madonna and the whore, the extrovert right. is the whore. For sure. And like the introvert is cold ice queen. Right. And Which then the funny, whole like Because I just read about Frozen and Elsa being an introvert. Yes. There we go. That would, that she is the ice queen. Exactly. Literally the ice <laughs> exactly. queen. Maybe we got it all wrong. Oh, no. In many ways, as we were saying earlier, society is set up to favor extroverts, especially in industries that depend on relationships, being outgoing and making and deepening connections. Networking can really help you land a deal or climb a corporate ladder. Extroverts are likelier to hold management and senior positions. One study found the number of introverts in top positions was as low as 2% and are likelier to promote other extroverts. And part of that is, what is that? That's that like buzzwordy term, FaceTime. Like you got to put FaceTime in at the office and like you got to be at the social happy hours. And that's where a lot of these opportunities kind of come up and the extroverts are more likely to be doing those things. Right. When it comes to the public sphere, extroverted people do tend to dominate the scene because they're out there all the time. However, this is not always the case. A lot of famous introverts have, I guess, kind of gamed the system, like figured out how to succeed in this like extrovert world or whatever you want to say. Right. So even primary education is often structured in a way that favors extroversion over introversion. And another way this idea of introvert extrovert in the workplace intersects with women is that we're always being told to assert ourselves, speak up at meetings, make ourselves heard, largely extroverted qualities. And you can actually even see that in open uh, office plans. Yeah. That's kind of geared toward that whole interaction, you know, teamwork, being loud, being very interactive, which, and when you start researching, and we'll talk a little more about it during the introversion portion, is anti-productive for introverts because they need that solitude to have a creative mind space and being able to work out their own 
creativity and or process. So it's very much so that whole level of what is this geared toward. Back in the before times, our office yes. is an uh, open space <laughs> office. And uh, you weren't there yet, Samantha, but when we moved in, like two or three months later, we had a whole office meeting and it turned into an hour and a half of like half the office just saying how much they hated an open spot, open office space. And I would, t- I would say, as surprising as that may be, our office is made up of a lot of introverts. <laughs> I, I mean, I would venture to guess that is true. But yeah, I came into the office and like, what is this? It's because, solid. yeah, I, I, I hated it. I hate because I'm like, I don't like being watched. And every time, maybe it's just my own like inability to <laughs> focus, but I'm like, what, what, who's over there? What, who's here? What are they doing? What? And then being afraid. And I'm, again, I'm not extroverted to an extent, but I do have a voice and <laughs> I do like to what? talk to myself. Uh, I do have a talk, you know. And so sometimes when I talk to myself, I forget I'm in an open space with a lot of other people who have figured out not to talk to themselves. I've definitely overheard some curse words and some <laughs> some laughs. So maybe you're not as out of place as you think you are, Samantha. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Other research suggests the existence of what is called an ambivert advantage. Because ambiverts are good at listening and asserting themselves, some studies have found that they are more productive than both introverts and extroverts. There's also something called the friendship paradox and the extroversion bias. Essentially, our outgoing extroverted friends are more likely to be represented in our friendship circles because they have more friends, leading to the misconception there are more extroverts than there actually are. Um, And extroverts aren't great at understanding introverts, or they haven't been for a long time. I I do think this is improving some. Um, They might see introverts stuck up or judgmental, like, oh, you're too good for my small talk or whatever it is. For some, they just can't compute the idea that someone would want, would need to be alone and there not be something wrong, like kind of this need to check in. Oh, they're they're by themselves. I should check in. and, And like, this was a a moment for me, again, where I was thinking back to that interaction I had with my friend in the in the morning, and whatever the case was, ex- extroversion, or uh, he's just not a morning person, but it, like, never occurred to me. I thought I was doing a service. <laughs> I was trying to help, and not, not wanted at all. <laughs> not wanted at all. Um, the word antisocial gets thrown around a lot uh, when you're talking about introverts. And that's the product of a lot of our media narratives around what introversion is. Even the dictionary recognizes our cultural understanding of introvert in one of its definitions as shy and withdrawn, which isn't accurate. It can be, but that's not what it means. Right. So let's talk about introverts. Let's clear some of this up. All right. But first, let's take one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. We're back. Thank you, sponsor. So, Samantha, tell us about introverts. I I got you. So, for my peoples, according to positive psychology, they describe introverts with these traits, uh, recharge by spending time alone, reflect before making decisions, listen more, enjoy one-on-one conversation, introspective, self-aware, 
think before acting, learn through observation, and more sociable with people they know. Again, introverts don't always have all of these traits. They're just commonly associated with introverts. And according to author Susan Cain, introversion is, quote, simply a preference to socialize in these quieter ways. We mentioned earlier how, surprisingly, there are statistically more women who are classified as introverts than there are men. But when it comes to the stereotypes, it seems men are more accepted as introverts than women. As blogger Michaela Chung puts it, Western society tends to be more accepting of stoic men than their female counterparts. It's not uncommon to hear women being referenced to as snobs or awkward or even standoffish if they aren't interactive enough. But for those who may be considered talkative, they are sometimes referenced to as, yeah, chatty Cathy's. When we were researching the subject of introvert versus extrovert, there does seem to be a lot of assumptions of the personality trait being negative for introverts. Opinions stating that introverts are strange or selfish or maybe even hiding something. I knew it, Samantha. Um, (laughs) One statement even goes as far to say, every once in a while it's something good, but 80% of the time the introvert is a shady character. Don't mind me. I'm not being shady. (laughs) As in fact, with those many negative stereotypes of introverts and specifically female introverts, there's this continued conversation of what leadership looks like for those who have been identified as an introvert. The many articles we looked at seem to be, quote, how-to guides to provide introverts the skills needed to move forward. As one article states from the U.S. News, it is a double whammy effect, which is referencing the already known statistic that women are less likely to be promoted or considered for a promotion into a leadership position, and add to that the challenges that often can be associated with introverts, such as quietness or inability to schmooze slash network in order to be seen. And in one study conducted by once in Dilchart, only 15% of the supervisory level was made up of introverts, while only 2% were CEOs. So that's kind of a very odd, weird, low number. Mm-hmm. And if we want to talk about levels, let's also think on the many women of color, LGBTQ, non-binary women, introverts trying to move forward in their careers. But we'll come back to that in a bit. In most, if not all, of the research that we came across, the constant mention of imposter syndrome was a theme of trying to navigate what seems to be a world of extroverts who are framed as outgoing and assertive. Unless you're a woman, then you run into also the problem of being labeled as overbearing or loud, know-it-alls. Many of those who identify as introverts often speak of trying to change their personalities and pushing themselves to be seen as more friendly and outgoing, or just not moving forward and backing away from opportunities due to inability or anxiety of trying to be acknowledged or given recognition. And so with that, here are a couple of helpful advice for introverts trying to climb the ladder. Supposedly. So let's see if they work. (laughs) So one is focus on your work at hand or passion instead of looking at the downfall of your personality type. Introverts are so often mistaken as antisocial when in actuality it's the level of interaction and social networking that can drain an individual and it's not necessarily being around another human. For me, I think I need connections, someone who I can be completely honest with and open with on a personal level. I am very quick to get to the depth of a conversation to the point that I've been called intimidating. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Really? But it's something that I I can't, if it's a vapid conversation for too long, is exhausting to me. And so when you think about all of that and how that could help, when you're able to find a passion or that passion in general and put it into practice, the impact can be significant in a career slash work field. Right. Embracing your introversion. Um, yeah, it's, it's, neither is better than the other. Right. Neither is better than the other. So another tip 
Um, be strategic. Again, when we were talking about introverts and social settings, the idea of big groups of strangers is daunting, but small personal connections can be just as, if not more useful in strategic planning for the growth of a company or an idea. And who doesn't love a good email? Well, it depends. Um, But I I actually do love email. Um, This is where introverts can excel. Um, And all those meetings, you know, that could have just been an email, uh, as we see today, the introvert's there for you. They're there right. for you. I don't want to talk to your face. I'll just send you an email. Even better. I am like that. I actually do really prefer, but that's my hearing problem, I think. <laughs> um. That's fair. Those who have issues with hearing or are deaf or can't hear, they probably would really, really, really prefer being able to have a concentrated chat room versus video chats or just a video or having in-person conversation where there's a giant group of people trying yeah. to converse. Oh, so that God. makes sense. I f- the panic I feel when I have like multiple voices and I can't see faces. Oh my God. Yeah. It is interesting to me too because um, I, in theory, I would love to do face-to-face things and I, I do, but I have to do, it's like another anti-proofing thing where I know if I don't have time I'm going to keep talking because I like it and I want to talk to this person. So a lot of times, even though I would prefer to do face-to-face, I make myself do emails because it's a time saver. Right. Um, so I, it's, it's funny to hear it from your side and then hear it from <laughs> my side where we're essentially trying to do the same thing. We really are. <laughs> we're just taking different routes and have different motivations for right. it. <laughs> um, And as we mentioned, when it comes to women being introverts, there is the issue of the double whammy. But going even beyond that, on an intersectional level, we do see or even assume when it comes to women of color, LGBTQ+, non-binary, or as Lynette Crane, who is a consultant that speaks on introverts and job advancement, called it a triple whammy. Right. As in fact, a blogger named Nicole Nichols writes specifically in being an introverted black woman and the many stereotypes that come along with being a black woman, whether it's the expectation that black women are bold and bigger than life personality, and then what happens when that is not that person's individual personality. She writes, we've all seen in the media of the sister girls with the rotating necks, shrill voices, and tempers that go from zero to 100 in two seconds. As hard as it is to believe in a society that is more diverse than ever, there are still people whose only exposure to black women are shows like Love and Hip Hop, Basketball Wives, and The Real Housewives of Atlanta, which seem to never showcase an introverted black woman. As in fact, there was a season in which one of the members of The Real Housewives of Atlanta talked about the fact that her scenes were cut completely, and I believe she wasn't invited back because there was not enough drama. Sure, yeah. And she speaks on the stereotypes that continue to dismiss introverted women of color and maybe even their value. She goes on to talk about her experiences of being reprimanded for being too quiet and not lively enough at a social event. And it definitely is a level of judgment for who she is as an individual and a personality type. So I find that really fascinating when we have that expansion of, oh my God, this is already bad, but let's add these, again, intersectional issues that we don't see or think about enough. Yeah, Um it is interesting to think of how we've just sort of coded as a society that the wallflower or whatever, that there's something wrong. Right, right. And that you need to, I don't know, like they're just being weird or awkward. But really, like, I don't know. <laughs> I like to go talk to the wallflower, and then if they're not into it, I just leave. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
And I think this is also a big conversation to have in the LGBTQ plus community when we think about the ideas of gay men versus lesbians and the ideas that happen of who is whom, who has the bigger personality and who kind of has this negative connotation when we see the world around us. And even when we talked about uh, transgender communities and the the conversations that we have to have, you see amazing things like Pose, but automatically assume that all transgender people are that vibrant because of a persona. And so it's very problematic when it comes to the fact that you're not that person. You're just an individual who is finding their identity in a different way quietly (laughs) and need to process. And it's an interesting whammy of... How does this continue to affect and how does this continue to be a negative um, impact for you as that person going through such a giant personal growth or personal awareness and trying to navigate that in a world where you're supposed to fit into these things for people's entertainment? So I hear what I'm hearing is more representation. <laughs> what? Yes. Though introversion has been long viewed as a negative as we've been discussing as of recent years, um, not necessarily because of our current isolation situation, it has become almost popular to call oneself an introvert. I, when I was researching this, one of the reasons I felt so judged was the many articles written like, finally, we can escape those extroverts and their small talk, <laughs> their dreaded small talk. I was like, oh, you don't like my small talk? I small talk. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> we, we fit well. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. We need each other. We do we need do. each other. We do. Yes. And it, it's kind of a shift in this conversation of what an introvert actually is, like an understanding of what it is, what it means, and the power behind the creative, quiet process often associated with an introvert. Right. And another conversation we definitely want to come back to is the idea Chelsea Brooks talks about with the gender perceptions of extroverts and introverts, with the idea that introversion is a feminine trait. When talking about extroverts, we hear of it being masculine, bold, and loud. And when we discuss introverts, that idea of more analytical, thoughtful, reserved, mousy, which is seen as feminine, and the question of why. Yeah, yeah. So going back to... The author we mentioned earlier, Susan Cain, she, she's kind of like the expert right. on introversion. She wrote Quiet, the Power of Introverts in a World That Won't Stop Talking. She also did a TED Talk that I know like Emma Watson has called out and Bill right. Gates says it's one of his favorites. So she's the, a big deal right. in this conversation. I think, I think every blogger that we saw or every writer that we saw that did a post mentioned her at least three or four times. Yes, sure. yes. Uh, and she commented on how... Um, introversion and our ideas around it impacts feminism. She said, women who are naturally quiet feel as if they can't be feminist or be powerful because of it. We really need to undo that perception. And yeah, we perhaps inadvertently are sending this message to young girls that a strong woman has to be an extroverted one. There are no strong female introverts, which is absolutely not true. Yeah, as in fact, we have some examples of some amazing female introverts. Audrey Hepburn, who was a genius and a a lovely actress way back when. Breakfast and Tiffany's is still one of my favorites, um, even though Capote hated it. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, Eleanor Roosevelt, who had made such impact as the first lady, Meryl Streep. You know, she's a powerhouse. We know this. She's Mm -hmm. a powerhouse in everything. Rosa Parks, who started a movement on her own, and then Michelle Obama, come on. 
Come on. Well, the show loves Michelle Obama, so if you don't, sorry, but we love her, and yes, <laughs> she should be given the respect. All the respects. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is interesting how many um, really creative, famous people are introverts. And actually, when I first started working here, kind of going back to your point, it, I was surprised at how many of the hosts of the podcast we do are introverts. And I mean, it makes sense because I, I do think being analytical is actually one of the keys to being creative. And that's my own personal thing. I can go into it forever and ever. I won't. But uh, yeah. 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 So now that we've kind of given you the three, not two, types of personalities of extrovert, ambivert, and introvert, where do you think you lie? And how does that affect us today in quarantine? I will say specifically, as I said earlier at the beginning, I was kind of like, yes, I am a true introvert. I cannot maintain in a large group. I panic from the beginning, but then have to rev myself up. I put on a show, essentially. I think, you know, you and I have talked about this. When I'm on, I'm on. Yeah. But it is exhausting, and I need like five days to recoup. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get that. You actually can, I can feel it physically. I'm so exhausted. I can sleep for days. My voice is gone, maybe because mm. I'm always screaming. Um, <laughs> maybe it's because I'm dancing too. I don't know. But it is, it's a whole level of like, oh my God, these are the things that I have to do. But I'm good at it, and I know how to read people enough. But it also comes to the point that, before I come into a situation, I'm going to watch your personality first and see what meshes first. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of my social work background as well. But in quarantine times, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been kind of difficult. Like, I, I, I love my own space and I love being recharged. But yeah, I'm like, oh, oh, now this anxiety and overwhelming need to actually be around people has kind of pushed me to the, okay, I'm ready for a giant party with my friends where we're just all loudly speaking to each other, (laughs) trying to catch up. Touching maybe within (laughs) three feet of each other. Right. Look, every time I look at any, I think every time I've watched a movie recently or a TV show, it's like they're standing too close. Why are they standing so close? I know. It's going to leave a like lasting impact for sure. Yeah. For sure. Do you think you are absolutely an extrovert or would you say you're more of an ambivert line? Um, I actually, I think I'm at like really strong, maybe like on the very edge of ambivert and extrovert. I think I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty strong um, extrovert. And I actually took one of the tests yesterday and mm-hmm. out of five, five being extrovert, one being introvert, I got 4.8 or something. But the thing is, it really helps me to re, not not to reframe to correct how I was thinking of it because right. I like I said I don't have to be around people all the time. Um, it's the new experiences and the stimulus right. that I get, and like right. I can I can write my fan fiction, you know, days. But um, <laughs> I, it is I've noticed it. It is worn on me being in during this quarantine, right? Um, and you can listen to our the mini we did recently for more on that. Right. Um, but I, it's, it, it is, I'm glad we did this one because I, I did have a lot of misconceptions. And I would have said maybe I'm more of an introvert, actually, and people just think I'm an extrovert. But You need a stimulus, and I do not. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> but I think, and I think for sure, when we were talking about memes, you are absolutely the one I'm thinking of when they're like, check on your extroverts, they're not okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just like standing at the window with my hand 
Exactly. <laughs> Looking out. Someone, yes. someone come talk to me. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely check in. I mean, check in on all your friends. Because like we said, it's not like it's a cakewalk for introverts. Right. And remember, because the anxiety and the, like if we're talking about the level of the analytical side of this, this is a haunting and very scary moment for everyone. And it doesn't matter what your personality type is. If you're optimistic, wonderful. But for an introvert who, again, can't internalize a lot of emotions in general and may not speak out when something is wrong, is definitely something this can be a problematic issue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not easy for, for anybody, for sure. So... In general, check on your peoples. Yes, yes. Check on all your friends. And uh, yeah, write to us. Write yes, to please. us. And we would love to hear from you. We'd love to know where you are on this extrovert, introvert spectrum. Um, you can email us. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thank you, Andrew, who was an introvert for sure. (laughs) Yes, we actually discussed it earlier today. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 